What's up, everybody? It's Coulter Nuanez from your favorite daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now, which airs live each weekday between 4 and 6 p.m. on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV, and worldwide on the ESPN MT app. And of course, as you're listening right now, you can always find Nuanas Now archived as well on the Nuanas Now podcast. If you haven't checked out the M Store in downtown Missoula, you need to. At the M Store, they're all Grizz all the time. They have some of the best, but more importantly, most unique selection of Grizz gear you're going to find anywhere. They got stuff that nobody else in town, nobody else in the state of Montana has available. And right now, the M Store has a whole bunch of great deals going on. April specials include huge percentage discounts on all headwear, sweatshirts, and jackets. They also are now an authorized Apple service provider. They offer computer repair. They got MacBooks, iPads, and a whole bunch of great Apple products in store there as well. Go check out the M Store, located at the corner of Higgins and Broadway in downtown Missoula, Montana. It's a great new location, a ton of merchandise, all April long at the M Store. Polos, headwear, sweatshirts, jackets. Go check out all their maroon and silver. The M Store, where they're all grizz all the time. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. We're just sitting here showing off, telling stories, you know, gambling stories, all that stuff. Coach Marty Bornewig in studio with us here uh, on your Thursday. It's NFL Draft Day, so happy to have Coach in studio. He's been a part of a great many NFL drafts uh, during his 25-plus years in the National Football League. You missed anything in the first hour, fun first hour, got to a lot of different things. I heard from Rajim Seabrook talking about a whole bunch of different New York area storylines. Also just talk NFL in general. And uh, also heard from Tucker Sargent, Chris Lacrosse coach. They are on their way to the conference tournament, the PNCLL tournament, uh, here in uh, a couple days, Saturday from Lake Oswego, Oregon. And we also heard from a couple guys from the uh, upcoming Forestry Day at Historic Fort Missoula. All of that in the Nuan is Now podcast, which is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, and the MSU Bookstore. So I, we, we got back from break before you finished your story, so you're, you hit it in the sand, and then you played closest to the pin. Is that where you're doing This guy's not supposed to be golfing, by the way. Whoever could get a sandy, <laughs> I put five bucks on it. Hit right here. He's here got, it he's got two $5 bills. There were three of us in the sand. That was the problem. <laughs> That's the problem, right. you got to play a competition yeah. where all three of you hit it in the sand. Well, it's good to see you, man. You haven't been in a little while. How you been? Man, I've been awesome. How about you? That's the key. Uh, really, really good. Uh, I'm happy that we're into kind of the summer months and we get to talk about all sorts of fun stuff. And uh, so let's talk about some it fun stuff. It was gorgeous on the golf course, oh, for by sure. the way. Finally, finally. Oh, my right? goodness. And then, and then I spoke to the East-West Shrine Game participants from the West oh, cool. the other day. And that game's June 17th, I believe. And that was fantastic. Congratulations to all those young men that made that East-West Shrine Game. I was able to play. I had the fortune to play in an East-West Shrine game out in California. Oh, nice, And the cool. Shriners, they raise so much money. They do good things for others, uh, mostly for the kids. Well, that's very cool. So was there like an announcement banquet or something uh, for the East-West Shrine game? Where, uh, what was the venue? There, there, it, was, it was a pre-banquet oh, see, for I the June you. 17th game. I, just I got you. For congratulations. Get everybody together, say hey, congratulations. From the West side, yeah, yeah. it was kind of cool. I sure enjoyed it, much like I enjoy 
Coulter Nuanez on uh, ESPN 102.9. Hey, yeah, I love it. Well, Coach Marty joins us throughout the NFL season, so I figured uh, now we got the biggest event that is uh, in the NFL that's not part of the NFL season. That's the NFL draft. Uh, so we'll get into a lot of the different details of this year's draft. First, starting with some of the guys that are coming out of the state of Montana and then getting into some of the guys whose names are going to be called tonight. We will roll straight into the NFL draft. We got live NFL draft coverage starting right at 6. So this is basically the next hour. Me, Coach, giving your NFL draft pregame show. So that sounds pretty good. Uh, but you been you were in the league for a really long time. What is what is the process like leading up to tonight? Because there's so much preparation and analysis. Sometimes I think that maybe they think about it too much. But I mean, what's yeah. it like getting ready for a draft? Well, really, once this day comes... You better be ready. It, the, the haze in the bar. Now, I will <laughs> tell you, there are a lot of calls going on. You saw Le, the great Lamar Jackson sure. sign while for I was sure. on the golf course. So I did a little video for the 33rd team Love at it. the MCC, Missoula Country Club, uh, for Lamar Jackson, that 33rd team. But congratulations to him. But there are a lot of those things going on. I wouldn't be surprised if Trey Lance... Wouldn't be shipped somewhere For maybe sure. tomorrow, maybe tonight, maybe into tomorrow, something like that. So there's a lot of those calls going on. There's a lot of calls moving up, moving back that's going on. Uh, there's a lot of calls. Uh, you're in the office and the head coach of the GM comes in right about now and goes, hey, would you trade our number one for right. some three-time uh, pro bowler right. who's on his last year of his contract? And So you've got to decipher a lot of things in a very short period of time, even though there's a long lead-up to this thing. We will keep talking draft just a second, but I want to take a pause just to ask you about the Lamar Jackson deal, because you were in Baltimore when Lamar was a little bit of a younger quarterback. I know that you, you've been a big advocate of his since the very beginning and we talked all year last year about sort of the saga that it was about a month ago maybe six weeks ago this didn't look good for either side this looked like a divorce and Lamar Jackson's going to have to go somewhere else and now Lamar Jackson's the highest paid player in the NFL so uh, what do you think came together for these two sides well six eight weeks ago I was disappointed and surprised I was surprised because I know Lamar well I mean this man is a team dude for sure right he is a franchise type of quarterback I was surprised in the Ravens side uh, Ozzy Newsom is it one of the great Come GMs in the, in the NFL you for know, sure. Eric and and John I'm, I'm and so I'm thinking okay they don't value you know I was there they don't value that quarterback position like some other really good organizations. They value other things that are that are important sure. as well. But but uh, so I was I was surprised, and I was surprised that Lamar didn't hire an agent For because sure. pre-draft we flew him in. I I put a few things on the table. And one of the things was the agent situation, and I thought he might be the smartest rookie coming in <laughs> right. uh, because he had this thing down, but he also said, he goes, Coach, I'm not against agents. I might hire one for my second country. I said, you probably should because you need a buffer. For sure. You need a buffer, and it gets way more dicey in that second contract, and there's a lot more money going on. So so I am so happy for the Ravens and Lamar, and this is what I told him. I said, congratulations. You're the man. Now your next challenge, your next challenge is go win a Super Bowl. It's so interesting to me. Uh, we've been talking about this same dynamic across the world of sports for a while now, but in America, we sometimes, well, a lot of times, especially when you're really good really early, 
we build you up, we build you up, we build you up until you can't exceed our expectations anymore, and then we tear you down, tear you yep. down, tear you down. And this was kind of like Lamar Jackson. I mean, the kid was an MVP before he was 25 years old. There's this whole narrative that he can't win in the playoffs, but guess what? He gets to the playoffs every year. I think he's 46-16 and 16 in his career as a starting quarterback, so undeniably he's a winning player. Uh, so what have you thought of just sort of the scrutiny behind all this? Because this contract kind of puts that in the rear view, but the last couple months, people have been saying, well, is Lamar Jackson really worth it? Which to me seemed crazy. To me, he seems like a top eight quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, he wins games. And sometimes, sometimes it takes some experience in the playoffs. I believe he's one and three in the, in the playoff situation. So sometimes right. it takes a little experience. And then all of a sudden, you kick the door down. And I will tell you, Lamar, I, he might be one of the smartest dudes in the NFL. Uh, because he is going to fight eight years from now. He is going to have, he's going to have made more money, more money than Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. It sounds crazy. For but sure. it's what he did was he waited. Yep. He waited yep. to sign, and it keeps escalating. I'm talking about the cost of every position, but especially the quarterback position. So he waited, and it became very uncomfortable. Yeah. But he went cha-ching. That's right. Yeah, you know, and so so if you can go, if you can sort of be comfortable in an uncomfortable position, which the Ravens know all about. Yep. Lamar's mature enough to know about that. Then sometimes it works out, and they have they they have Odell Beckham there now, and they might get some others because of all of this. So it may, in the long run, be a really positive thing for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. And the Ravens pick, I believe, uh, in the twenties tonight. I think it's twenty seventh that they pick tonight. And so now, you know. If you don't have Lamar Jackson, maybe you're contemplating a quarterback, but what sort of value you're going to get at 27 that you're probably going to be drafting at probably the best, the fifth best quarterback in this draft, if not the sixth. Now they got their quarterback situation yeah. taken care of. So now you can use that as a value add. Maybe you can get a great offensive lineman or a wide receiver, and it's much better for your future as a franchise. Right. You, you knew something might very well happen right. leading up to the draft because it's so important to get that quarterback position settled. It is it it, it 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 for planning purposes for for the time is now purpose all of those things very important to get the quarterback position settled and the Ravens did that. Marty Mornoweg in studio with us here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. Um, Aaron Rodgers traded earlier this week as well. You had to think that the timing of that came because again, it's the draft. Yeah. I was surprised that. Uh, Green Bay was able to unload him and get a bunch of stuff back as well, but I think it's a an amicable split. I think both sides in this uh, deal win. I will tell you, uh, again, I'm not surprised that it happened right here leading up to the draft. Here's what I've said, like on that 33rd team, right? Yep, yep. Here's what I've said. First of all, the Jets just made themselves relevant. 100%. Okay. Second, they are a legitimate contender, and here's why. They've got, at worst, a very, very good defense. Absolutely. And that's at worst. All right? They've got good, solid special teams, and now they acquire one of the very best quarterbacks in this league. Now, here's what they risk. The man's 39 years old. For I'm sure. talking Aaron Rodgers. For sure. He's going to be 40 by the time the season starts. All right? So there's a little bit of age and injury possibilities. That's the only risk they take. Otherwise, they will. They have the great possibility of making a run if the key positions stay healthy. You mentioned uh, when you're when it comes to draft day and there's calls coming in and wheeling and dealing and all this stuff. 
What is it like? You have been in this position as a quarterbacks coach, as a coordinator, and as a head coach. Yeah. What is it like in that room, and how are those different positions different? I mean, it's probably different with each organization, right? A lot of Correct. times the front office probably has a lot more say in other organizations. The coaches have a lot of say. Just take us through what's it like in the draft room on these days. Well, like I said, the hay's pretty much in the barn. Uh, it's, it's typically, again, every team does it differently, but about two weeks out, that week, you will have all of your draft uh, meetings and evaluations, and, and, and the board ends up being set uh, very shortly after that. It is different. If you are a position coach, typically you are not in the draft room unless you're called in. Right. If you're the head coach, certainly, and typically the people that are in there are the owner. Sure. Uh, sometimes minority owner or owners, yep. right? Uh, a wife or two, maybe, sure. uh, possibly of the owners. Uh, the head coach, the GM, uh, pretty much all the personnel. Now, every team does that a little differently, sure. too. But the personnel men are in there. And then the coordinators. Right. And, and so, uh, now leading up to the pick, uh, an individual position coach, or two or three may be called in. Sure, right. And then, you know, but typically when you're, when you're planning, and well, let's say we have pick number 15, one of these three players will be there, and likely two of these three, and right, you have them right. in order, so there's typically no surprises. Surprises come when you get a call with five minutes left, uh, and they want to give you some, some ammo to trade, uh, to flip picks and, and some more ammo. So that's where it becomes really quick uh, analyzation of, of the process. Uh, that, that's what's so fun about this, too, because it's kind of if, then, then this. If, then, then this. The dominoes start to fall. Like you say, everybody kind of knows the two or three guys they're going to pick, but you never know when it might go awry in front of you or when some crazy pick might happen and then just sort of, Whenever a crazy pick happens, it doesn't just affect the team that made it. Right. It affects the next 10 to 15 picks, right? That, you're so correct on that, and, and, and sometimes in a positive way. For sure. Somebody right. may pick a man that nobody had right. quite that high, right, right. And, and, then, and then instead of two of those three players, your best player may be there. So that's, that's sometimes a positive. I will tell you, uh, owners, all the owners that I've worked for, they love the draft, <laughs> right? I mean, they love the because why? That's how they that's how they've built their companies up. No, and for so, sure. I mean, right. wheeling and dealing and doing it uh, very quickly sometimes. For sure, right? And and, and what's well, it's the part that they get to be a part of the game the most, right? Yes. And what's the value of this? Right, right, right. They right. love it, especially the first, uh, certainly the first round. And most owners, uh, the, the the second day they're in there for at least. The first half of that. I think that we talked about this extensively yesterday, but I want to get your perspective on this as well because you know there is so much influence from the owners. And today it's it's a it's a roster building day, but it's also a day of business because so much of this is depending on now where each guy gets picked and then how they get slotted, how that affects your salary cap. There's a lot of business and money that goes into this, right? And that's why we've seen sort of this resetting of what the first round, particularly involves because you have all these guaranteed contracts and I guess what I'm saying is if a guy is going to go in tonight's first round he he's going to get slotted as one of the better paid guys in his position because of the guaranteed contract they're going to get now the value you're going to get out of a quarterback and a cornerback and an edge guy is far superior to a running back or a safety or whatever just in terms of the basic numbers so what have you what do you think of just the way sort of the salary cap and all of that has influenced what the first round looks like this day and age oh yeah these are analytics right the analytics 
uh, have been done leading up to the draft. Uh, every single little thing has been discussed and is and and has been put on the table. But uh, uh, there, there, there's another thing. Typically in the first round, that's why it's going to be with with this quarterback from Alabama, Bryce Young. Right. All right. So so. Uh, typically, their teams do it three or four different segments. So height, weight, forty speed, and then some I used to uh, the change of direction sure. uh, type type score. Yeah. If if a man has one that's out of whack, yeah, it's very low percentage now that he becomes a heck of a player. Right. There might be a couple outliers at that position that have one of those deficits. Sure. If you have two, it's tough. It's single digits. There might right. be one outlier. Now right. the problem is some of those guys are the great players. They might be a little, a little undersized, or they ran slow in the forty, or, or, or they're short. Sure. Uh, right. you, you know. But oh my gosh, they're great players. So the odds, the analytics, and all that. I remember uh, very few at the top of the draft are have any deficits. Right. But Young does. So For that's sure. going to be interesting. And then the other thing. Coulter is, you know, there there could be five quarterbacks picked in the first round. Uh, is there going to be four in the top ten? I I'm, I think one may slide. For sure. One may slide, so that's going to be interesting. The Because of the way that the first round's almost certainly going to play out tonight, the biggest risk that you have in the first round is the quarterback, right? If you draft a tackle or you draft a corner or you draft a receiver – Five years from now, nobody's going to say that that cratered your franchise or that that sets you back. If you draft the quarterback who's a huge bust, though, it can. And if you do it multiple times in a row, then you're the Cleveland Browns. You don't make the playoffs for 15 years straight. So uh, what do you think of just the risk-reward that the quarterback position has become? Well, look, every position is about 50-50. And that sounds crazy. But I'm talking about 50% of those top first-round picks, right? Right. Let's say the top half. About 50% end up going on to be multiple Pro Bowl-type guys, all pro guys. Uh, The the others... are just sign it kind of solid players, sure. and then there's a portion of those that are just busts. Just busts, yeah. And, and and so that will set you back, especially at the quarterback position. Years. So much of the busts this day and age, though, because I think we have so much data, and the guys that are coming out of these powerhouse programs are more prepared than they've ever been in a variety of ways. It seems to me that the biggest indicator of a bust. Is it, it's going to happen because of off-the-field stuff way more than on-the-field stuff. Doesn't it seem like that? Yeah, yeah, some of that is. And then the other one is injury. Sure, injury, right. Especially to that running right. back position. Totally. Uh, I mean, there's been some high first-round pick. And they, they're they're busts. No, they, they, got, they, got, they got hurt. Right, And exactly. they never were able to right. come back from it at, at, that, at that high rate that you were expecting. So, so injuries and off-the-field situations do play a part in this. That's why uh, the longer I went through it, the more the toughness and the character of the young man. Those right. go a long way. Now, everybody comes from different parts of the country, sure. different thought process. They speak differently. Sure. You know, uh, the, the southern accent, the east coast accent, they think a little differently, all those things. But if the man has integrity, right, that goes a long, long way. No, for sure. It, it just seems like the only position, that, and I'm just talking about tonight, the first round, these first 32 picks, 
most of the guys that are ranked as first-round picks that go in the first round, their grade and their evaluation as an athlete was correct. It's the quarterback spot that's the one spot that can blow up in your face where you just misevaluated it. This guy just can't translate to the NFL. Most of the guys that are going to get drafted on the lines and in the secondary, athletically the evaluation was correct. If they fail, it's because they get into some sort of mess in another form or fashion. Oh, well, one other thing, Coulter, is instincts. Right. Okay. Totally. So, so, so if a man is missing a little bit of instincts within the game, or uh, athletic intelligence, uh, typically does the right thing on the field. If he's missing a little bit of that, two things will happen. It might take him beyond his first contract to sort of transition into the NFL. Right. All right. And he may be with another team, or it never happens for that man. And if you get a quarterback that lacks the instinctive play. It's over. The the kid typically will not be able to play. So so the evaluation part of the instinctual play, that goes far. And some scouts are really, really good at it. Some are not. Height, weight, speed, lateral movement, right, right. jumping a ball, all these things. All right, the man has to have instincts at all positions, but especially that quarterback position. Morning, morning, away again, studio with us here on Nuanas Now, talking all things NFL draft. We're about 42 minutes away from the first pick, Carolina with the first pick. We're going to get to that here uh, after just a while. What, what was the craziest draft you were ever a part of? You were a part of probably, what, 26, 27 yeah, 20, drafts? 20, I would have to count them, but I think 20 it's 26. Plus. We'll call it 20 plus, yeah. yeah uh, so I, I don't know if there was any crazy ones. I will tell you one, that Deshaun Jackson. I mm. mean, we've got our first round pick kind of low, and this man this is, is Philadelphia. Sliding. Yeah, yeah I'm Philly. I mean, you know, I loved him. Now he's undersized. He's so undersized. I, I, I put a lot of work right. into this man. For sure. Right? And his, but, but, he, but he also, though, was a guy that had been famous since he was in high school, because he was the number one recruit in the United States of America, and then he broke the recruiting mold because he went to Cal. Nobody expected that. Went to Cal berserkly. I think they might have paid him a couple bucks <laughs> hey, back then, hey. before the NIL. I don't know. They've Chuck been... Muncie, they Chuck Muncie them. <laughs> Chuck, Chuck said when he went to the NFL out of Cal that he took a pay cut. But <laughs> but but but, but th- this kid, I just, I just thought he could be a superstar type of man even though he was under and look you got to be extra extra special in sure. almost everything else if you're undersized right. in the NFL right totally right. running so a 4240 helps uh, Deshaun Jackson a little bit yeah, right yeah I mean, being the and, fastest guy in the league helps a little bit and then his ball skills totally I mean his ball skills were unique uh uncommon but anyway so we're in the first round and Andy Reid who was the head coach everybody knew what I thought of this young man and he kept sliding I was surprised he was there when we picked in the first round. And so it's leading up to that, and and Andy uh, pokes over and goes, are you sure about this kid? I said, yeah, I'm sure. What, what, what's the problem? I said, what's the problem? You know, I know there's a few red flags. How bad are they, though? He goes, ah, it's nothing we can't handle. And so then he and the owners and the GM and president, bump, 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 and he comes back. He says, I can't do it. And I'm going, I got you. I got you. We, we we draft a decent, you know, defensive end, you know, and we've got a uh, – I mean, there was no way he was going to get to our next pick. It was right. sort of high in the second. All of a sudden, he's sliding into the top of the second. All of a sudden, Andy goes, hey, Marty, I was out in the hallway uh, getting some M&Ms. You see. <laughs> They've got good food for the draft, too. For sure. You know, and you got to be careful. You might get a little too fat <laughs> uh, for the next three days. But, but anyway, so he goes, hey. He goes, I can do it now. What do you think? And I look at the bar. I go, 
But back in the first round, he was by far the best player right. on the board. Right now, it, there was like a huge gap. There was a huge gap between him and everybody else, and so so we selected him. And typically, when you select a man, before you select him, you get him on the phone first of all to make sure nothing's happened in the past 24 hours. Sure, right. Um, get him a little juiced up, and then and then the position coach, the coordinator, the head coach typically talk to him, and then give him a little insight on what's going to occur from now until he gets into town. Well, Deshaun Jackson turned out pretty darn good uh, in Philadelphia. Marty Bornaway joining us in studio talking all things NFL draft. Uh, we'll start with the breakdown of, of this overall draft with a, a few guys that are going to hope to get their name called on day three. I can almost, well, I can I can pretty much certainly guarantee you that nobody from the Big Sky Conference, nobody from the state of Montana is going to go tonight or tomorrow. Uh, but there's, there's certainly no shame in being a third-day draft pick, especially out of the FCS. I think the two guys from here uh, at the University of Montana in Missoula that have the best opportunities are Patrick O'Connell, the uh, All-American linebacker these last couple of years for the Grizzlies, and Justin Ford, the All-American corner. Uh, you and I were out at Pro Day together. Uh, I've given a lot of analysis on these guys already. What did you think of their performances? Oh, I thought O'Connell helped himself. He did, for right? sure. Okay, so he's an undersized man. Some think... For sure. You know, some think he might have to go to a a, a Mike linebacker or, or, yep. or something like that. I, I, I think he knows that, too. Yeah. He talked a little bit about Here's it. Here's what I think. Here's why I would pick him late in the draft. I don't know if anybody will, but it only takes one. Right, I would right. select him late in the draft, and here's how I would utilize him. I would utilize him as a pass rush specialist, yep. and, and, and unless... Unless in the first many months he's getting overwhelmed by these huge tackles, sure. but there's a select few at his size that can really rush the passer. And then I would see if he can play an outside linebacker to grow into it. And I'd have to add some weight, right? If not, move him to inside. But in the meantime, he's going to be a core special teams player and a high productive uh, core special teams player. And then I, as an offensive guy. I would start training him at the fullback spot because the man has really good ball skills. He'll hit you. He's already big enough to do some of that. And so uh, this this man, if he gets drafted, may get drafted by a Bill Belichick, yeah. by an Andy so Reid. That was my thought. Some somebody that's creative thinking. How can this man help us? Right. And pick out those two or three singular ways that this man could help the team. And I will bet you, O'Connell. We'll make an NFL team. I always say this uh, when it comes to both the NFL and the NBA. Uh, the first entry point is the size. And if you don't have the size, you have to have elite skill. If you have the size, you can get away with not having necessarily an elite skill if you have great skills across the board. If you don't have the size, you have to have an absolutely elite skill. You have to almost walk on water. That's right. I mean, really. I mean, there, right. there, there are some outliers, but they're very few and far between. And, and O'Connell... He's he's six one two thirty three is what he was at at his pro day. Most typical edge guys in the NFL are a good three to four inches taller than that. He doesn't yeah. have those prototype long levers like and you the, maybe want the arm length, uh, the yeah. arm length, all that stuff. But he does have an elite get off, and you yes. saw that with the Grizz. I think that his oh, Patrick O'Connell, the thing that set him apart and made him a two time All American, is his ability to time the snap and get off and get the edge is as good as anybody I've ever seen truly in the Big Sky Conference. And I think that's the one thing. If the people watch the film, that's that's what we were talking about on the pro day, right? Yeah. 
He runs 4.6540, and he has a 10.9 broad jump, and he's got a 38-inch vertical. That makes people watch more of the film, and if they watch more of the film, you can see he's a really good football player. Correct, and he's instinctive. Sure. He gets to the quarterback. He likes to hit quarterbacks. He likes to hit people. He instinctively does the right thing at a high rate. And so I would take him. Yep. And, and, and Belichick has played linebackers at tight end spots and fullback sure. spots and, you know, core special teams play. So I wouldn't be surprised if he gets selected. I think the odds are kind of low, but man alive. Well, I suspect if he doesn't get drafted, there will be more than a couple of teams That's right. that are calling him. He, he was Patrick O'Connell was talking to, he told me 10 teams before his pro day even, and nine NFL teams showed up at his pro day. So I think that when the, if the draft ends without O'Connell's name being dra- or called, excuse me, he will definitely get uh, a variety of calls. Justin Ford, I think. But they were all scouts that were there. That, that's right. There were no position coaches. No, no position coaches. No coordinators. No, no executives. Head coach. So, yeah. so there's a little bit of difference there. No, for sure. For you sure. Know, and I call a couple of my buddies that are scouts and go, why aren't, why aren't you coming? You, you, you know? Sure. And, and so so there were nine or ten. Yep. Right? So uh, uh, hopefully one. Of, it only takes one. Right? So hopefully that happens for Patrick O'Connell. Yeah, Justin Ford's an interesting one, too, because Justin Ford was so productive during his college career. Nine interceptions as a junior, and then uh, got thrown away from a lot as a senior because he had nine interceptions. That's kind of how it goes. Uh, but I thought on his pro day, he was good in the jumps. He ran a four six five forty. That hurts him as a true press corner, but he looked body-wise like a safety. He, he came in at 6'1", 206 pounds, Looked shredded. So I think his best comp is DeAndre Hall, who came out of Northern Iowa about four or five years ago, got drafted in the fourth round by the Cardinals. Uh, Hall was exactly like Ford, a big physical corner in college, but then a step slow, and so he made the transition to safety. If Ford gets drafted after running a 4.6540, the only two guys that have been drafted over the last 25 years slower than that, Josh Norman out of Coastal Carolina and DeAndre Hall. But... Both those guys are FCS guys, and both those guys are still in the NFL. So uh, if that was Justin Ford's fate, I think it would be pretty good. I just I think that he was great at the, in this system in college because he was just a superior athlete. I think he's going to have to play a different position in the NFL. I like Justin Ford, and I was surprised. I was surprised, even though it was 33 degrees oh, right. when exactly. he ran the 40. Exactly. I was still surprised that it was mid-4-6s. I thought sure. he, he would have popped up. You know, really fast, guys? It doesn't matter. They don't need to stretch. They don't care what the weather is. They run fast. So so I was surprised by that. Because this man is highly productive. He's instinctive. He's got the size. And when I was at the pro day, when he popped off the mid-4-6, one of the scouts that I knew come over and go, can he play safety? Just like you were saying. That's right. Right? I think he could probably be a cover man inside as safety. And I wouldn't discount him. Covering outside receivers, even in a bump and run, some people call it press yep. type of, 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 of situation, because it might have been just one of those. It may, maybe he's a four, five, eight guy. Sure, right. Right? And it just was one of those days. But what great ball skills. He's got great instinct. I really like him. So I, I think there's a very small possibility both get drafted, a little bit higher possibility that one gets drafted. I know that both 
of these young men will have an opportunity, and really it doesn't matter as long as you get your opportunity. Uh, Justin Ford, Patrick O'Connell are going to be in the NFL come Sunday. It's just a matter of which way that they get there. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Now, the guy out of Montana that I think has the best chance of getting drafted, I never thought I would say this, given his story, where he comes from, how undersized he was when he first got to Montana State, but it's Ty Okada, and he's, he's still small. Uh, 5'10 and, and about three quarters in his pro day, so we'll call it 5'11, 196 pounds. Uh, but the kid ripped the doors off of his pro day, ran 4'4 flat, 40 inch vertical, 10'9 uh, in the broad jump. The other thing that O'Connell's got going for him, O'Connell, some teams at least are going to try to be, they're going to try to imagine the position he could play. Right. Justin Ford trying to imagine the position he could play. Okada. Because he was this sort of underdog walk-on that would do anything, he started his career at corner, then he played nickel, then they changed schemes, so then he became like their big nickel-slash-Sam outside linebacker, played some strong safety. He's got film every single spot in the defensive backfield. He also, since he was a walk-on, has the most special teams film. So ironically, because this guy had less pedigree coming out of high school, now here he is after six years at Montana State, and he might get drafted. Well, plus... He ran a 4-4. Four, four. <laughs> There's right. not many right. guys. Really. That's right. I mean, that's I right. mean uh, there are not many that can run that fast. And that lights up eyeballs For sure. in the NFL. Because sure. it's all about speed. It's all about getting to the passer, uh, uh, getting down the field as a, as a receiver, and then ability to cover those great receivers. So so I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't and his size, okay, uh, at that position. It's is, okay. It's not quite as, as big a deal as it is sure. at some other position. For sure. I was yeah. looking up Colt Anderson's draft profile card, and Colt Anderson is about this. They are almost identical in size. Colt Anderson was 5'10 and some change, 193 pounds on his pro day. Okada, 5'10 and some change, 196 pounds. They have very comparable. Uh, that's a lot of pressure to put on Okada because Colt Anderson went on and played 10 years in the NFL. So uh, big shoes to fill for sure. But uh, we'll see. If I was to be a betting man and making a prediction, I'd say none of these guys from Montana get drafted, but I think they all get phone calls immediately, and I think all three of them are playing in the NFL by Sunday. Yeah, I agree with you, but I'm hoping, and it only takes one. That's right, and it's always a thrill for any of us that cover the Big Sky Conference about what it is. Nuanas now ESPN Radio, more with Coach Marty, NFL Draft Style. Next, keep it right here, ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of the Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know If you've been in an accident, the advocates can surely help you. Yeah, I mean, the sooner you call us, the better. You know, we're available 24-7, consultations are free, and when you've been in that accident, insurance companies are going to be jumping all over you to talk. So give us a call first and get yourself an attorney. 406-640-4444 or online, montanaadvocates.com. Free consultations, the Montana Advocates reminding you that you deserve an advocate. ESPN Radio Missoula. You know, if you're listening to country music, it's because the man, Marty Mornowig, in studio with us. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Nuanas Now, uh, ESPN Radio, rolling through all things NFL Draft. The NFL Draft starts about 23 minutes from now. We will roll right into it on ESPN Radio. So we'll have the number one pick from the Carolina Panthers live here on 102.9 ESPN Missoula uh, here in, in a little bit more than 20 minutes. Uh, we got to talk about the quarterbacks. There's Five guys that are potentially first round in this. There's four of them that might even go in the top ten. The consensus number one seems to be 
Bryce Young. There's a lot of intrigue, though, around the Alabama quarterback. One, because the team picking first overall, Carolina, they traded for this pick. That hasn't happened in seven years When uh, since the last time they did that was in 2016 when the uh, Rams did it, traded up to get Jared Goff. If Bryce Young goes number one, it's also intriguing because this is a crazy statistic for you. He'd be the first player ever from Alabama to go number one. Think about how many first-round picks that they've had. And they've had they probably had the number two pick 15 times over the last 50 years. And they've had great quarterbacks. <laughs> great quarterbacks. Joe sure. Namath, Stabler, you know, on and on. I mean, on and on. on, and, on. So. and even recently, Jalen Hurts, Tua Tagovailoa, Mac Jones. We've had all sorts of guys that have been uh, yeah, so wow. interesting. But And then the third thing that makes Bryce Young so intriguing is – He's been the man since he was a junior in high school. He was the number one recruit in the country going to Alabama. He's a pretty much day one starter at Alabama, but he's small, and everybody can't get over it. So where are we at uh, with Bryce Young and, and potentially being the number one overall pick? First of all, we talked about it uh, on this show already. If if you're lacking just a little bit of height yeah. or a little bit of weight, which he's lacking really both of them. He you know, is, he for sure. up for the combine. He's, he's five, for those that are wondering, he's 5'10". He came to the combine at 204. He ain't 204. He's 187 to 192. He's, he's a very slight guy. Yeah, and so you got to be extra special. you got to, like we talked about, you got to almost walk on water on all other things. And I love this kid. Why? Because I'm one of those guys. I played at 5'10", 188. That's right. You know what I mean? So I, I really like to, <laughs> I, I really like. Now, now look, you got to do some things with this guy, right? That interior line has to jump set. I mean, you got to keep those defenders and yourself, your own big butt, right, yep. on or near the line of scrimmage, right? Now your tackles can change it up. Why? So you spread that pocket out. And you create lanes to throw in because the shorter a quarterback is, the more you see in lanes, the more you throw in lanes. So and then and then they have to be creative because they're gonna have to move them just right. a little bit. That's so right. they can't get the pass rush lanes down. I'm talking about their opponent. But this is an intriguing pick. It 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 just doesn't happen very often where one of the top players coming out of the draft is lacking in size. The, the Bears traded the number one pick, and I thought that was a, basically a declaration that they believe that Justin Fields is better than Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or Will Levis, or the three guys that could could, could potentially sneak in uh, at number one. Do you agree with that, or did the Bears make the right decision? I, I think Young has an opportunity to be special. Now, it's got to be with the right people, for sure. the right coaches, because look at you take you take that 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 talent. Let's just talk quarterbacks real quick, right? This, we've done it before. Decision making, accuracy, yep, timing, yep. gut instincts. He's got all of that, right? And then and then so with that talent, how do you become a great NFL quarterback? You mix it with great teaching methods, yep. and then years and years of hard work. So this guy is going to, and we'll see how quick he transitions into the NFL game. I think very highly of this young man, young, right, coming from Alabama. The other fellows, I've got a little bit of separation, but I am intrigued by one other young man. We'll get to that in just a second, but I want to ask you one more question about the trade-up because this is the seventh time in the common draft era someone's traded up to get the number one pick. This was the first time in my memory, though, when someone's traded up to get the number one pick and then didn't declare to the whole world who it was going to be. Usually when you trade all this stuff for the number one, you say, this is our guy, and you want the news out there for days or even weeks. It seems, it's the old saying, right? You only trade up 
because you know who you're taking. This seems like Carolina might not know who they're taking right now. Is, is that fair? I think you're right. I think just from what I have read and learned by talking to a couple of my buddies, uh, that Carolina moved up because they need a quarterback, a quarterback period. Right. And then they get to take their pick. But I don't think when they made the trade, they knew who they were going to ultimately think was the best quarterback for them. Will Levis was the uh, the Vegas odds for him to be the number one overall pick was fifty five to one last week. Then somebody that is well known as a Kentucky booster posted on a message board that he had talked directly to Will Levis and that Carolina told Will Levis that they were taking him with the number one overall pick. So Will Levis's odds went from fifty to one to four to one to be the number one overall pick. How big of a shock would that be if the kid from Kentucky goes number one overall? I would be really surprised. I would too. I, because of a lot of reasons, but one is production and, and availability. I right. mean, the guy's been nicked up too many times. It's kind of like the Montana Grizz quarterback last year. I For mean, sure. what a what a great, talented young man. He was unavailable at, at, at the critical moments. Right, totally, 100%. Um, so you mentioned that there might be one other guy you could see going number one, then is it C.J. Stroud? No, no. One other guy that's intriguing. Oh, okay. Who, who, tell for, us about it. This man out of Florida. Now, yeah. here's why he's intriguing. He's got a losing record. He only made 13 starts. For sure. I don't like that. I mean, you better ask why. He, he has some spectacular tape, though. Oh, well, this Anthony man. Anthony Richardson is who we're talking about. I put the tape on now, and yeah. this man is a natural passer of the football. I'm talking. Smooth. It's just natural. He's smooth. And he's, he's, al- he's also a physical runner. I mean, he's a very impressive physical specimen. Oh, my goodness. So why did he throw for 53%? <laughs> right. Are you kidding me? I was throwing for more than that in the early 80s. <laughs> Are you kidding? With no bubble screens, no hit screen, none of that crap. Right? So why? Right? So I put the film on, okay, he's not there yet accuracy-wise. Now, I was unimpressed with the Florida receivers. They should have caught some of these and many for touchdown, all right, but it would have been a, a heck of a catch. Yeah. This ball is always on the back hip or back shoulder or, or, or uh, you know, six feet high, where a good receiver will, will make those catches. But he, the, 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 the location of the football is going to and you give this young man that's talented like this and he, apparently he's pretty sharp right yep. he's got instincts right you give him hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of reps and and with good teaching methods oh my gosh there's no cap on this man so i would take the calculated risk you can tell i would love to get my hands on him and work with him how high would you take him though cuz it is a calculated risk right i mean it, it, the the bust potential for this guy if he goes in the top 15 is significantly higher than if you get him late first early second round right okay so so i've got him bottom of the first yeah, uh, right. with, with my value why because of some of those things i 53% completion come on what right. are the odds Okay, so there's been a, a couple do it only, right? That threw for that low of percentage in college, right? And then and then the losing record bothers me just a little bit, all those things. But man, the pure passer and the talent and the speed. Now he's not like Lamar. 
He's not like Lamar. He's not even like Vic. He's more of a straight line type of fella. For sure. But he can pop off a 40 or 60 yarder. For sure. Yeah, you know, if you give him that 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 lane. All right. He, uh, he's like Cam Newton, kind of. But he, uh, he, he, a little bit. He's not quite as big as Cam Newton. He's not as powerful either. Or powerful, Although, no. he does show a little bit of that. For sure. But it's not like. He's actually smoother throwing the ball, though, oh, like you're saying. Oh, more natural. For I sure. Mean, this guy's a natural passer already. Now, the location bothers me. Right. Just a little bit. So, so where do you take that calculated risk on a quarterback? And I would, I would be surprised if he doesn't get drafted in at least the top 15 and likely the top 10 just because he is so talented. His position alone takes him from the bottom of the second where I have him, right, and vaults him up into the middle of the round at least. And maybe all the way into the top 10. Nuwana's maybe now, top five. Maybe top five. Nuwana is now ESPN yeah. Radio. Mar- Marty Mortowick in studio with us. There is three teams that had winning records last year drafting in the top 10. Will that hold? If it does, that's the first time that's happened since 1969. I think the key to the whole first round is what do the Seahawks, the Lions, and the Eagles do? We shall discuss NFL draft less than 15 minutes away. Don't change the dial. Keep it right here. Nuwana is now. Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company on behalf of both ESPN Missoula and Skyline Sports. Here with some of our friends from Blackfoot Communications, one of our great business partners at both entities. They've done so much for us in helping us develop so many different things at Skyline Sports. Also help bring you our ESPN Radio podcast network as well. We're here with Hannah Kreiss from Blackfoot Communications. She is a business development representative. Tell people just about your history at Blackfoot. How long have you been at Blackfoot? Yeah, I've been at Blackfoot three years now. When it comes to just uh, your actual job title, what is it that you do? I mean, what is your primary things that uh, go on in your day-to-day at Blackfoot? Yeah, so I target and work with small businesses um, and just helping them get connected to internet and phone services, just smaller grade equipment and services that they might need and not all of the bigger enterprise. What's your favorite part about your job at Blackfoot? I like connecting with people and meeting new people and going out and just having those conversations and getting to know them in the community. And how about just the organization in general? I mean, it it seems like such a great company to work for. Yeah, absolutely. It's very community-based, very family-oriented inside as well, and it's definitely very enjoyable. If you want to find out more about Blackfoot Communications in general, visit goblackfoot.com. Great website, very easy to navigate. They can help you with all sorts of things, from small business development to any sort of fiber, internet, communications, anything like that. Small business networking, all of it. Visit goblackfoot.com. Jack Bingo, baby. Welcome back. Duan is now ESPN Radio. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. E- uh, the NFL Draft upcoming, about 10 minutes until Carolina is on the clock. We're getting you all set up for it. Colter Nuanas, Marty Mortaway. We only got about seven minutes left, so let's keep on rolling through some of this stuff. Uh, Coach, you told us what you liked and didn't like about Bryce Young. You told us about the pluses and minuses of Anthony Richardson. Uh, how about C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State? What do you think of this kid? Yeah, I look at he, high production with him. Now, you, you do have to take just a little bit the team he was playing with. You right. remember Matt Leinert, right? Yeah. I had him lower than most. Uh, but 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 then on the other side, you have to give him credit because he did it. That's right. right? So you but, so you have to filter through all of that. And what is your sort of crystal ball for him transitioning into the NFL? Now he had this test, 
right? Sure. You know that that leak out. Yeah. Right. Uh, and and look at uh, look at that. That's that's part of it. I mean I mean you know you you don't want your quarterback going. But Dan Marino, what do you have like a twelve or sure fourteen right. on the on the one or like I mean yeah. you know I mean so I will tell you some guys go into that test. And they don't really take it. I mean, you know, but <laughs> right. Right, you know that, that's not big into their minds. So right. I'm wondering, I'm, I'm sure this guy's uh, 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 sort of pretty smart, at least athletically. That's the other thing, Coulter. Some of these young men, now it's usually not at the quarterback spot, but, you know, a test on paper, they might not do very well. But on the field, they're really, really intelligent athletically. So, so hopefully that's it. I wouldn't be surprised if he slides, but he's not going to slide. More than a few spots. The entire hinge point to me of what's about to begin in the first round here, because there is four and maybe even five quarterbacks that are coveted, but only about, I don't i don't know, I'd probably say about a third of the league is in desperate need of a first-round type quarterback. So you're going to have about 10 to 12 teams jockeying for these five guys and then the other teams trying to manipulate and move their way around in that fashion. The Seahawks... I think probably don't need a quarterback. They re-signed Geno Smith. They pick fifth. The Lions, I don't think need a quarterback. They pick seventh. I mean, no, excuse me, eighth. Uh, and they already have Jared Goff. And then the Eagles, they just signed their $250 million man in Jalen Hurts. So to me, those are the three biggest linchpins because you're going to have everybody else wanting to get up into that top ten. So do you expect movement? Do you expect those teams to just draft non-quarterbacks at high value? What do you think of the Seahawks, Eagles, and, and Lions? I would not be surprised. Now, you know, I know the Eagles um, uh, much better than I know the other teams right now anyway. I would not be surprised if the Eagles move back uh, either in the first, likely, or second because they like to accumulate picks. For sure. You know, odds accumulate. That's their strategy, and it works very, very well. So that would not be a surprise to me. Detroit... Right, they need some quality defensive players. For sure. I mean, they need. Uh, so, so do you take a great player, right. right, with their number one pick, or do you move back and try to get two or three really good players? You right. know, at, at a different. So they've got to make that decision. I'm sure it's already made. And as far as the Seahawks, I think they have their quarterback. There was some rumor stuff. That uh, they're not out of the quarterback mix, but you, you, you know sometimes there's a little strategy in saying that sure. to to get people to want uh, to to bid for your pick at a little higher rate. Text from a listener uh, wants to know what Coach Barty thinks of Hendon Hooker, who's the young man out of Tennessee. He's kind of the fringe one here, right? He's yeah. the one guy that isn't going to go in the top ten almost certainly, but he could go in the in the first round depending on if all those other guys go in the top ten. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating tonight because Hooker might be a man. I really like this man. This guy's talented dude now. For sure. He's a very highly, highly talented guy. He can run and gun a little bit, right? Uh, does somebody have him? And again, it only takes one. Does somebody have him ahead of two or three of these other quarterbacks sure, right. that we've discussed already, that might be the case. And then it's a shocker, but it's not a shocker for them, right? They they go by how they had them ranked. And, and I could see that happening. I could see somebody trading up for this young man. He's a fantastic talent. Last point I'll make here is that I think Will Levis, the kid coming out of Kentucky, is sort of just a replication of some of these other guys we've seen before. And that's guys that have great physiques, excellent arm strength. But but if you have those tools, why weren't you better in college? I, I've, I've wondered this about Mitch Trubisky. I've wondered this about other guys in that same vein. 
Sometimes, Coach, the guys with the, the strongest of all the strong arms, they don't necessarily make the best quarterbacks because they haven't had to figure out how to process it. If you can't process it in the NFL, you can't do it. I, I'm not trying to dog on Will Levis too hard, but I do think that he has the biggest bust potential of any of these uh, quarterbacks that might go in the first round. I would agree with you on that, although I think he's a fine college quarterback. Here's the problem with him. He's been nicked up, Yep. right? Uh, so the availability. Yep. And, then, and then second is is you talked about processing. I talk about that as decision-making sure. and gut instincts. Yeah. Uh, I mean, those gut instincts, uh, they they go, they take a quarterback far. I If I ever question a man's gut instincts at the quarterback position, I can't remember a time I was wrong. The man didn't flourish. Sure. Uh, you know, so so we'll see on, on him. And he might be a man that slides just a little bit. Yep. Richardson may slide a little bit because of the 53% completion. He, uh, he didn't have a winning record. All those things. If I was a GM for a day, here's exactly what I would do. I would skip every single one of these quarterbacks, and I would draft other positions because there's no team tonight that's going to draft a quarterback that's going to make the playoffs next year. So... Load up for next year. The quarterbacks in next year's draft are way better. Draft all the defensive guys out of the SEC. Be bad again. If you're the Houston Texans, you're picking at two. You're not a quarterback away. You're winning six games next year anyways. Draft the defensive guy and let it ride. Okay, I agree with that to an extent. However, O-line, quarterback, pass rushers, cover men, right? Yeah, That's yep. how you build a team, right? Everything else falls, falls in together. Do you not, if you're Houston, select your quarterback of the future and that team, along with the quarterbacks, develops at about the same pace, kind of like the Green Bay Packers did sure. by trading for the great Brett Favre. Yep, it's a great point. Marty Mornowig in studio with us. NFL Draft coming up in just a few minutes. We'll see you tomorrow with full breakdown. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. What's up, everybody? It's Coulter Nuanas from your favorite daily sports talk show, Nuanas Now, which airs live each weekday between 4 and 6 p.m. on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV, and worldwide on the ESPN MT app. And of course, as you're listening right now, you can always find Nuanas Now archived as well on the Nuanas Now podcast. One of the biggest events on campus every single year at Montana State is the MSU Spring Rodeo. Get rodeo ready with the MSU Bookstore all month long. MSU Rodeo tees and equine accessories will be available starting on April 10th. All month long, you can get three t-shirts for $25, two crewnecks for $50, or two hoodies for $55. Go check out all the great rodeo gear at the Montana State Bookstore on the MSU campus. The Montana State Bookstore also does a great job of giving back some of their proceeds to help reduce textbook costs for students across the MSU community. And of course, it's your go-to place to get your blue and gold on game day or any other day. Montana State's rodeo team, as prestigious and nationally powerful as they come. So if you're planning on heading to the spring rodeo, swing by the MSU bookstore first. When you're in need of some Bobcat gear, Go check out the Montana State Bookstore located in the Strand Union Building on the Montana State campus in Bozeman, Montana.